Blog Talk Radio. Mommy, I hear the baby crying. Help me, are the words she's implying? Where have I been while my world has been dying? Lord, teach me how to pray. Oh! 
It reached into the depths of darkness Your Pulled me to the light above Your You spoke the word that broke my heart Your Sad 
Back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. I'm your host this evening, Chris Herzog, and we're broadcasting out of Garland, Texas. If you need to call in, the call in number is 619 Probably for about the first 20 minutes or so, uh, we'll just kind of be praying and going through the Word of God. And so if you want to call to listen in, go ahead and do that. Uh, as you call on that number, 619-638-8458, it'll give you instructions uh, how you can listen in, so feel free. Also, if you want to check us out on the website, we're at www.prayerinternational.org, or you can email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. Praise God. Well, let's go before the Lord in prayer. All right, well, Father, we just give you praise. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Father, we just take this time tonight, Lord, to set aside ourselves, to set aside our time, to set aside our busy days and make time for you, Lord. And so, Father, we just declare, Lord, this is your day. This is your time. Lord, this is your people, Lord. And, Father, we just ask, that you would just touch the hearts of men and women tonight. Father, reveal yourself in a real and living way. Lord, Father, we just pray, Father, your kingdom to come and your will to be done. Lord, you taught us to pray this way. Father, your kingdom and your will, Lord, not our plans, not our purposes, but, Father, your plans and purposes. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for everything you're doing in our lives. Father, tonight we declare, Lord God, your peace be upon Jerusalem. Father, we pray for Israel, Lord. We pray, Father, that you reveal Jesus as the Messiah to the Jewish people, Lord, that your peace, your prosperity, your protection, Father, especially in this time of crisis in the Middle East, Lord, we pray the angel of the Lord to cover Israel, to cover 
Jerusalem to cover your people. And Father, we thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, that your glory, your glory is pouring out throughout the earth. Lord, you promised, Father, that, Lord, you would cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. Lord, that is your promise. And, Lord, we declare that your knowledge, Father, is pouring out. Lord, you're revealing yourself to sons and daughters. Father, that your glory, Lord, is pouring out and it's covering the earth. And you're making a new earth, Lord. You're making a new people, Father. You're taking, Lord God, Lord, wasted and you're raising it up, Lord, and calling it good. And, Father, we just agree for your plans to come forth in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, again, if you're just tuning in, this is Prayer International Radio. And, you know, we were listening to a song earlier by Jason Upton, and I think for this week it's going to be our theme song. It's called, Lord, Teach Us How to Pray. And as you heard me the other night, I was talking about the disciples. When they came to Christ in Matthew 6, the sixth chapter of Matthew, they came to Christ and they said, Lord, uh, teach us how to pray. Lord, how do we pray? And he told them simply this, when you pray, say. And we went into the details earlier. Let me read the sixth chapter of Matthew to you. Not the whole chapter, just a portion of it. So if you've got your Bibles, New Testament, Matthew chapter 6. I'll give you some time to get there. Give me some time to get there. (laughs) All right, praise God. All right, so chapter 6 of Matthew. All right, we'll start with the fifth chapter. Fifth verse. Sixth chapter, fifth verse. And when thou prayest, Thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and near the corners of the street, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say to you, they have their reward already. But you, when you pray, enter into your closet. And when you shut your door, pray to your Father which is in secret, and your Father which is in secret shall reward you openly. But when you pray, don't use vain repetitions as the heathen, for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking, but not be not ye therefore like them. Do not be like them. For your Father knoweth what things you have need of before you ask. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We'll stop there for a minute. So the disciples, they wanted to know how to pray, and Jesus told them real simply, look, when you pray, this is how you do it. Don't do it to be seen. Don't do it as a show. If you can't do it in the closet, if you can't do it in the secret place, when no one is watching, then why would you do it when everybody's watching? Jesus said, when you come and approach God in the place of prayer, Don't come to him like he's this far-off mystical force out there. Come to him like he's a father. Come to him like there's a relationship established. Come to him like there's some type of oneness or unity or relationship 
a bond. A parent son, a parent daughter, a father son, father daughter relationship. It's paternal. It's nurturing. You see, that's how God is. He's He's not some far off mystical, doesn't care about what's going on in your life kind of God, but He He feels for you. His heart breaks for you. And yet He rejoices over you. He longs for you. Yet at one point he'll fight for you. And he'll fight your battles for you. On the flip side of that, he'll chasten you and discipline you. But it's all out of love. And the same God who loves you gave up his only begotten son. Laid down his life. The Bible declares that no greater love does a man have than to lay down his life for a friend. This is the kind of love that Jesus has for me, for you, and for those that even at maybe some point in their life, even at this point in their life, don't care or don't understand or they're far away, alienated from God. But listen, same people Christ died for, those that are in the church and those that are out of the church those that bless God and those that curse God. Same people. You know, it's funny to think that when he was hanging on the cross, not funny, but not in a comical way, but just kind of ironic. I guess I'll rephrase that. Ironic to think that the same people that that hung him on the cross, you know, we blame the Romans that crucified him and the emperor's and the kings that sentenced him. But you know, his own people, the Jews, the the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and those that were not touched, were not impressed, were not transformed by the Spirit of God, they were crying out, crucify him. Those were the ones. His own people. God's own people. Jesus' own people. Just like if we were in the crowd, we'd be the same one. And the Bible says it was our sin that put him on the cross. The same God that loves you looks at you through the cross, looks past your deeds, your behaviors, your shortcomings, your flaws. He looks to the heart and he longs for a relationship. The Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord, that God runs to and fro, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit runs to and fro throughout the earth. He's searching, he's looking for hearts, looking for sons and daughters, looking for men and women. His hearts are longing for him. His hearts are fully his. His hearts are seeking after him. God's interested in a generation. And when I say a generation, I don't mean just one, but multiple generations of people, young and old, that will seek his face. 
That'll put his agenda before their own. That'll put his plans, his purposes, his thoughts before their own. And they'll run things by him. They'll check in with daddy. Our father. My father. Notice Jesus didn't say my father, even though he had every right to scream out my father. And there was times when he did. But he said, no, pray like this, our Father. Why? He wanted to show the paternal, the, the, the father-son, father-daughter relationship, that the same love that the Father had for Christ. The same relationship, that father-son relationship, was extended to whoever so would believe. Whoever, all who believe. All who call upon the name of the Lord. Whoever would confess and not deny him. Who would ever lay down his life, take up his cross, and follow Christ, follow his example. Whoever would decrease their life and allow the spirit of God and the things of God to increase in their own life. These are the people. The ones that God's looking for. The ones whose hearts are fully his. What did Jesus say? The first commandment is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second commandment is, love your neighbor as yourself. How are you going to have love for yourself if you don't understand the love that God has for you? And, And how are you going to love God if you don't first experience his love that he has towards you and for you. And see, as you get filled with the love of God, as you become one with God, as you begin to adopt his ways and his mindsets and his way of thinking and his way of doing, and all of a sudden you allow the Spirit of God to overwhelm your emotions and your feelings, And you allow the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Jesus, to dictate and lead your life. That's why he's called the Good Shepherd. You know, that second song we listened to was actually Psalm 23. Jason Upton did a version of Psalm 23, but we call it the Shepherd's Psalm. The whole idea of going to God as a father, as a protector, as a counselor, as a guide, as a friend, as a leader. You know, he's also the good shepherd. Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. When my sheep know me, my sheep hear my voice. Just like anyone that owns an animal, owns a pet. When you call your pet, you whistle for your dog, you call your dog, their ears perk up. There may be all kinds of babbling and dogs barking and kids screaming, different noises going on in the neighborhood that your dogs are attentive to at the moment. But the minute you call, the minute you scream out their name, their ears go up and their attention is all of a sudden drawn. They hear your voice. They hear their master's voice. And Jesus said, my sheep, the sheep, 
hear the shepherd's voice. And if he's your shepherd and you're his sheep, then you're going to have an inclination. You're going to have a preference towards the voice of God, the things of God, the actions and the thoughts, the feelings of God, the ways of God, as opposed to all those other voices out there. Why do you think he said the voice of a stranger? He won't follow because it's not to say that there's not going to be strange voices. It's not to say there's not going to be other voices competing because, see, there's voices out there competing for God's voice every day in your life. Every single day you're about business, whatever business it is, there are voices, babbling, speaking, diversion, temptations, things that are speaking out there all day long, trying to divert your attention. And it may be something as subtle as neglect, where you're so busy all day long that you're just not about your father's business. You may neglect yourself in prayer and neglect yourself in doing the things of God. And for other people that have strongholds in their life, it may be very blatant. Just disregard to God's commands or disregard to the Word of God. Or disregard to something God put in your heart to do, but you just didn't do it. We all struggle. We all go through different things in our lives that unfortunately are contrary to God's word and contrary to the things and plans of God. We all go through that. Jesus says it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. But you see, little foxes, the more that they eat, the bigger they grow. And eventually they become ravenous wolves. And I don't know if you know much about foxes or know much about wolves, One's little, and the other has a tendency to get huge. It can be kind of monstrous. You know, you guys ever seen the cartoon, The Fox and the Hound? Cute little fox. You guys ever seen American Werewolf in London? A little bit different. And see, those little foxes that are in your life, they may not seem like big, giant problems in the beginning. But like I said, every time you feed an animal, if you feed and nurture an animal, it grows. If you feed and nurture a fox, it'll grow into a wolf. And maybe even a lion. And will seek to devour you, tear you to pieces. And leave your life fruitless with nothing to lay at the feet of Christ. Nothing to show for your life that has any eternal value or any eternal weight whatsoever. See, we all have these diversions and these things. Like I said, sometimes they're subtle. Just neglect. And we didn't stay in fellowship. We didn't pray. We didn't stay consistent in the word or weren't faithful in our giving. Maybe we weren't faithful to work diligent. We went through a season of lack. Maybe we went through a season where we didn't stay connected with 
God's people. And then we went through a season where we had all kinds of problems and no help. But see, when we stay in the flow of God, when we stay in communion with God and his people, God always sends us help from the sanctuary. God always sends us help from on high. It may be supernatural, something beyond human capacity that God does for you. And it may be just something simple natural. There's the supernatural and there's the simple natural. Sometimes God does things that are supernatural. But sometimes God's in the simple natural. That's why he sent Jesus in the flesh to deal with our humanity and deal with our everyday issues. But he also sent the Holy Spirit to bring miracles and deal with the spiritual realm and uncover and unveil the things of the heavens and the things of the Spirit too. So Christ showed us what it meant to live and and be a human and what we were supposed to do with it. And the Holy Spirit, not only through Christ and even through the prophets before, but through the disciples afterwards, through the believers afterwards, and even now, the Holy Spirit's here to lead us and guide us. Take the role as the shepherd, the Spirit of Christ, the Good Shepherd, the Counselor, the Guide. And he's here now to lead us and guide us and to lead us into all truth. The key is is to have a discerning ear, to have a filter in your life, to have such an understanding of God's word via the Bible. And also what the Holy Spirit is speaking now for today for his people specifically. And also what the Holy Spirit is speaking for the future to prepare his people for what's coming. And unless you stay in tune, unless you stay full of the word of God, unless you train yourself to learn how to filter and discern those strange voices, the voice of the enemy, it's easy to be misled. And not everybody just wakes up one day and says, you know, I'm going to stop serving God today. I'm just going to quit doing his plan for my life. No, it's subtle. First, you stop going to church every week and end up going about once a month. Your prayer life, instead of talking to God every day, maybe you're talking to him every other day or once a week or once a month, all of a sudden that Bible gets put up on the shelf. Yeah, my wife just hit the nail on the head. That Bible sits on the shelf and gets a little dustier, she says. That's exactly where I was going. It's funny, we decorate with our Bibles in America. I don't know if you guys do. <laughs> We've seen it, believe me. Well, 
Stop decorating with your Bible and start discipling. Stop going to church to be entertained. Start going to the prayer meetings and the home fellowships to get empowered and to be encouraged. You know, sometimes we say we want to wait on God to do it. We're waiting on God to do something, and many times he's just waiting on us to do something. Sometimes we need to be a little more proactive. If you read the first uh, two letters of the word gospel, it's go. And Jesus told us to go and preach the gospel. He didn't tell us to stay. I mean, there's a season to stay and and pray. There's a season to stay in your prayer closet and to put your house in order and put things together. But then that season's over and seasons change. Then there's a season to obey and take the word that you heard in the place of prayer and take the things of God that you extracted and the things of the Spirit that you were imparted that were imparted into you, and then you go out of your closet and get out of the house and go into the highways and the byways and the marketplaces and those places, whether it be the synagogue or the marketplace, whether it be the the streets or the the gates of the city, wherever it is, you take what God gives you in the place of prayer and you take it out and you do something with it. And that was Jesus' example for us. That's his way. And see, we we pray, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Lord, we we say your name is not like any other name. We set it apart. We call it holy. We honor it. That's what we're doing by hallowing the name of God. We're lifting God up and we're remembering. We're honoring exalting him, giving him his rightful place. Not that he's not there already, but but in our heart, we're, we're putting him in his rightful place. He's there already, believe me. He's the king. He's on his throne. Whether you believe it or not, or whether you bow to him or not, it's not going to take him off his throne. He's on it. But this is the deal. One day, Jesus is going to get up. You know, he's seated at the right hand of the Father, praying, making intercession, getting ready to judge the saints and all mankind, everybody. One day, he's going to stand up, and the trumpets are going to sound, and he's going to split the skies. And there's going to be a legion of angels behind him. And he's not going to be the feeble, weak, you know, fallen apart man that was beat and torn and carried across and was whipped, had no strength left in him because he was so spent that he couldn't carry his own cross. No. 
He's not going to come back and be the little baby wrapped in swaddling clothes with the, the little horses and the cows and the, the wise men and the little nativity scene that we all kind of envision around the holidays, which, thank God, I'm not trying to discredit that. I'm just trying to give you a picture. No, he's coming back with fire in his eyes. And a sword. And he's coming back. And he's going to split the skies. And there's going to be lightnings and grumblings. There's going to be vapors of smoke. And the earth is going to be shaking. Everything's going to be shaking. And it's not going to be this, what I see in our Western culture so much, this mamby-pamby Christian organized religious canned deal that's so far removed from what I read when I read the Bible. And that's so different than when, when I read the Gospels and the book of Acts, and I read the fine print of the way they conducted church services and the way they did things in the epistles that Paul wrote. Some of the other books that were written by Peter and Timothy and James and John. Listen, it doesn't look, it, it doesn't sound, it, it, the way it's scripted isn't anything like what I see in our American churches. what we see on most of television and the way things are just kind of presented on the radio. And I know we're on the radio. I'm just making a point. We've got to get back to the Bible. We've got to get back to preaching God's Word and not a bunch of whatever stuff. And there's so many books that have been written, but come on. If you're reading books and you're not reading his book, there might be a reason your Christianity is not working. If you're going to workshops and classes and everything else, but you're failing to connect with the presence of God and you're failing to get a word from God on a daily basis, maybe that's why things aren't going the way you thought they should. Maybe we need to back up a little bit instead of being worried about what's going on in the synagogue and the churches and the marketplaces, and everywhere else, we need to really get a serious word from God and get in his presence. We need to let God deal with us. You know, when we read about those angels up in the book of Revelation, chapter 3, 4, and 5, you know, with the prayers of the saints, it says they rise up like an incense before the nostrils of God, and the angels are collecting the the prayers of the saints that looks like a smoke and a vapor and incense, they're putting it in these big golden vials, the big golden censers, these giant containers. And then they're hurling these coals from off the altar that are burning the incense. They're hurling these coals to the earth and there's fire being cast back to the earth. I believe that that fire is the trials of life. I believe that fire is the testing of the Lord. 
Yeah, I, I do believe there's Holy Spirit fire. I do believe there's there's a power that feels like a fire that purges and it just devastates whatever comes in its path. Yeah, I believe that. But listen, those angels are casting that fire and that fire is falling to the earth. I believe there's a symbolic thought that we need to have there. The, the Bible says that we're tried and tested by fire. And that's when our faith is truly tested. And if it's gold and silver and precious stones, then the fire, it just purifies it. And there's still blessing remaining. But if it's wood, hay, and stubble and things that had nothing to do with the things of God, it's going to burn up and be nothing and be dust like the chase. Just blow away in the wind or burn up into absolutely nothing. And so as you're praying and as you're seeking God, as you're pursuing this walk with God, as you're pressing into the things of God, there's going to be trials, there's going to be temptations, there's going to be fires, there's going to be circumstances, there's going to be things that happen in your life that are going to try to just destroy you as a person. But rather than let it destroy you, let God use it to forge you and to mold you and to shape you and to sculpt you and use it to refine you, maybe humble you, maybe bring you to a place in your life where you're willing to reach out and finally let God do what he wants to do. That's when our faith is tested. When we go through something... And we have to actually trust God in the middle of the situation to get us through it. If everything's going great all the time, it's easy to praise the Lord. But what about when the boat starts rocking? Remember the disciples? Jesus shows up, tells them, hey, I want you to go to the other side. I believe it's called the Guinness Eric which is the sea. He says, I want you to go to the other side. I'm going to meet you over there. And so they're paddling, doing whatever, rowing their boat, doing their thing. They're, I guess, halfway across or so, somewhere in, out in the middle of it. And all of a sudden, the winds and the storms start coming. And they fret. They don't know what to do. They're panicked. And here comes Jesus walking out on the water. He's just as calm as he can be. And he speaks peace to these storms. He speaks peace. And they're just they're just dumbfounded, the disciples. That even the winds and the waves obey him. See, he knew. And it's funny to me that the disciples, they heard him say, I'll meet you on the other side. But halfway in the middle of it, just because things got a little rough, just because things got a little crazy, they started to fret and thought that they were forsaken. I thought that was the end of it. But now here comes Jesus right in the middle of the storm to speak peace and make sure that they make it to the other side, just like he told them. I'll see you on the other side. And how many times does God say, hey, I'll see you on the other side? 
Yay, here's our good shepherd saying, Yay, Psalm 23, Yay, you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Fear no evil. My rod and my staff, they'll comfort you. So even though you're going through what looks like death, remember it's just a shadow. It's just an illusion. See, what happens is you can take a real object and you shine light on it, and what it happens, it makes it into a shadow. And then you look at the shadow, and the shadow's not even real. And as God begins to burn his light on your situation and your circumstances, and all of a sudden his light begins to shine on death, it looks like it's all around you, all of a sudden he turns that death into the shadow of death. The shadow can't hurt you yet. You ever box a shadow? You ever shadow box? What what happens when your shadow punches you in the face? It, it, it doesn't. Your shadow can't punch you in the face. And that's how the devil is. That's what God does to our circumstances, our situations in life. He begins to turn them into shadows. He begins to get us through the valley of the shadow of death. He doesn't leave us in the middle of the valley. He doesn't leave us in the middle of the storm. He doesn't leave us in the middle of the circumstance or the sea where the winds and the, and the stuff is so crazy blowing around us, we can't even think straight. No, he comes through and speaks peace in the midst of the storm. The thing is, is you got to go through a storm for him to speak peace to it. Everything's perfect all the time. Why would he have to speak peace to it? Why would he have to show himself strong in your life if everything was just laid out for you? And the funny thing is, is it really is laid out for you, but you've got to get in touch with God to figure it out. You may have to go through a wilderness or a storm or two, but he's not going to leave you in the desert to die. He's not going to leave you in the sea to drown. He's not going to leave you in the river to be flooded. And he's not going to leave you in the fire to be burned. Because he's a faithful God. He's a faithful God. Praise the Lord. I don't even know where I'm going with this. But I can tell you this. We started off in Matthew chapter 6. Now we're somewhere over in Revelation 5. The good thing is, is, you know, it's all good. Well, if you're tuning in, this is Prayer International Radio. Our call-in number is 619-638. 8458. You know, we're dedicated to really lifting up the Lord here and and giving Him His rightful place. We don't really have a format except to worship God and pray and get into the Word and see what happens. From time to time, we'll get different people calling in, uh, some to listen, some for prayer. Sometimes we'll incorporate that into some of our shows. But, you know, I just really want to lay a strong foundation this year in your lives 
We've got to have a foundation. The Bible says if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? And if you don't build your house properly, when the storms come, it's going to fall. And I want to help you get founded. I want to help you get grounded and rooted in the things of God so when you have something you have to deal with, you can stay strong and firm and rooted and you become unshakable to the circumstances around you. And the only thing that moves you is the voice of God. The only thing that drives you, motivates you, or changes your position is the Word of God. I know I want that in my life this year. I want that for my wife this year. And I want to see that in in the lives of men and women and, and youth that are wholeheartedly being passionate towards God, running after the things of God. We've got to get disciplined, though, in the place of prayer. We've got to stay consistent to be listening and watching and waiting for the Father's voice, listening for Him to speak and say, this is the way, this is the way I want you to go. When Jesus says every word that proceeds out of my mouth, he didn't mean every other word. He didn't mean just listen to a couple words and then try to figure out the rest on your own. He didn't say just start off good and then tune me out the rest of the way either. Or just blatantly ignore what I say. He didn't say that. See, so many of us are in different places in our walk. When, some people don't even have a walk. They wouldn't know the voice of God if he was screaming at them. Well, actually, they probably would because it would probably shake them to the core. But, you know, God's looking for hearts. He's looking for men and women. He's looking for children. And when I say children, I don't just mean the little ones that are running around keeping you up half the time and wreaking havoc in your homes. I'm talking about where all his children or potentially can be. Not everybody is, actually. Some some are sons and daughters of the Most High God and some are sons of the devil, basically. Just like Jesus told the Pharisees, you're of your father the devil which meant they were sons of the devil. So, you know, there's you can either be a son of a gun or you can be a son of God. And you're going to have to choose. The Bible says, choose you this day whom you will serve. Who are you going to serve? Who's running your life? You know, there used to be a saying, people used to make a joke about, people say, who's your daddy? Well, our father which art in heaven. Who's your daddy? You're either of your father the devil or of your father in heaven. You're either born of the flesh, you're born of a seed that's corrupt, or you're born of the spirit. You're reborn. You're born in him. You're born again. 
and the very DNA, the divine nature, the divine nature of God is imparted into your being. If you're born again, if you're reborn, if you've been transformed by the Spirit of God. So who is your daddy? Whose voice are you listening to? Whose plans are you following? Whose will do you choose? Jesus said, as it is in heaven, not my will, not my will, Father, but your will be done. Not my kingdom be established, not my little sand castles built up so when the waves come, it just washes them right over. See, that's what your plans come to, nothing. The Bible says there's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is death. Many people make their plans, but it's the counsel of the Lord that stands. The Bible says the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And you can build your castles in the sand and hang out on the beach, no worries. Which part? When I say build your castle in the sand, what I mean by that is you can build your whole life and you can have all these things going for you. But you know, nothing's foolproof and nothing's guaranteed. And sometimes, you know the old saying, pull the rug right out from underneath you. And see, the enemy is crafty. He's got schemes and he's tricky and, you know, Sometimes he'll try to pull the rug right out from underneath you. When I say castles made of sand, what I'm saying is if you've ever built uh, some kind of a structure on the beach in front of the water and the tide is out at the time, it's fine. But after a few hours, the tide changes. What that means is the water starts to rise and then the waves start to come in a little bit. Before you know it, they're halfway up the beach and everything that's in the sand starts to kind of wash away or gets washed over or that sand, those rocks start to get dragged into the ocean. And before you know it, it's just water with sand at the bottom of the ocean. And there's no more beach there because now it's part of the floor of the ocean. And so if you're building your plans and purposes and it's not in the things of God, if it's not on a rock, if it's not on some solid foundation, and let me give you a parable that Jesus shared. He said there was two kinds of men, and the, both of these men, these men were men that, that understood the Word of God. They heard the Word of God. They were very versed in the Scriptures. They had a, an understanding of the way that God wanted to do things. But one of these men... He didn't follow the plans of God. And this is what he was likened to. This is what he was compared to. He was compared to a man that went
church and started to build his house out of sticks and out of sand and out of just different materials. And I'm trying to paraphrase this to make it down to earth here. He started to make it basically it'd be like building a house out of cardboard. Uh, he started building his house, and the winds and the waves began to beat on that house. And the Bible says, great was the fall of it. The whole thing was destroyed. And Jesus said, this was the man of, that heard the word of God. He knew the word of God, but he chose not to obey it. He chose not to do it. The other man, he heard the word of God and obeyed it, and he was likened to a man that built his house on a rock. It was fortified. It had a solid foundation. It was built out of the right materials that were weatherproof. And when the winds and the waves came, it stood the test. It endured. See, the word of the Lord stands forever. And if you do things God's way, it'll last. You know, you're only going to leave a lasting impression on people by the problems you solve and the problems you create. And you know, if you sow to the flesh and you create problems and you do things the flesh way, the your way, the devil's way, other people's way, it's going to reap corruption. It's going to bring corruption. Things are going to end in the negative. But if you sow to the spirit and you do things God's way, the Bible way, Kingdom principles, kingdom ways. It's going to get kingdom results. It's going to get kingdom results. Well, praise God. I think we're just going to kind of wrap up in prayer and go into a little bit of worship and see what's up. So I just want to uh, send a thank you out to those that are listening in the Dallas Garland Mesquite area and uh, to our friend Carol and for those of you that are listening and Doris out in Houston just want to pray for her too so right now let's just pray we're going to pray for our friend Carol pray for our friend Doris just uh, lift up those that are supporting and praying for Prayer International Father, right now, Lord, we just thank you for your word. First of all, we just ask that you feel the truth of your word in our hearts tonight, Lord. And I pray that we would be obedient and diligent to obey it and swiftly do what you tell us to do, Father. Lord, right now, we just want to lift up our friend Carol to you, Lord. We just pray your blessing upon her health, upon her spirit, Lord, upon her household. Father, we pray, Lord God, that you would just lead her and guide her by your Holy Spirit, that you would bless her in all of her ways, Lord, just give them opportunities uh, for her and her friend James and for uh, Carol's mother. We just pray for that whole household right now, Lord, and just ask your will be done and your kingdom come. And Lord God, you would show favor, favor, favor and blessing upon them, Lord. And we just pray for our new friend Doris, Lord, just ask your blessings upon her, church of his presence, in his presence, church. And Lord, Right now, we just pray, Father God, in Jesus' name, for all of our family at Prayer International and those that are praying for us and supporting and and blessing. 
And, Father, we just ask, Lord God, that you would just bless them in a mighty way, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, that you'd put your hand upon them. And that, Father God, you, Lord God, would fight their battles for them. We declare no weapon for their passion against them will prosper. And, Lord, we thank you, Jesus, that you are at work in their lives. Father, tonight we just ask, Lord God, that you would just raise up, Lord, we pray for ministries, ministers and churches, Father, in, the, in North America, Father, over the United States of America, Father, we pray, Lord God, for a boldness to come over your people, over the body of Christ. Lord, we pray, Father God, that you pull them together in this time of crisis. And Father, we pray, Lord God, that you just begin to raise up, Lord, intercessors and your evangelists, Lord, and your prayer warriors to go forward across this nation and just see a just a great awakening again, Father, a new revival, Father, coming. Lord, I just thank you, Lord God, that you're awakening, Lord, your ministers, Father, out of a lukewarm state, Father, and you're thrusting them out into the harvest. Send out laborers into the harvest, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Listen, we're going to keep praying. We're going to keep praying for you. If you want to leave your prayer request, email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. We're going to be reviewing those uh, the next few days, and we're going to have just a big prayer meeting uh, probably Monday, Tuesday. So get your prayer request in over the weekend, and uh, we're going to really go through that and, and just lift some things up to the Lord. Also, if you need to call in, we're at 619-638-8458, typically Monday through Friday from about 1030 to midnight. Um, That may change. Of course, you can always check on the website, which is www.prayerinternational.org. It'll have our schedule. Uh, You can check blogtalkradio.com also, and it'll give you our schedule. Listen, we just want to thank everybody for listening tonight. We want to go out in the spirit of worship. The Bible says to come before his presence with singing, to enter his courts, enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts, and enter his courts with praise. And if you're going to enter into the presence of God, you've got to develop a worship mentality. And I've said it before, but worship brings the presence of God, and the presence of God brings a focus to our life. And if you want to stay on track in the Lord, you've got to stay in, abiding in, staying in His presence. Praise God. So I just want to thank you. This is Prayer International Radio. And we're going to go out with some worship tonight. In Jesus' name.
Yeah. 
Bye. 